0: Good morning everyone. All right, let's 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 do a team. You guys ready?
1: the singers roar when the lost begin to sing of Jesus Christ the saving one and we can see God that you're moving a mighty river through the nations and young and old will turn to Jesus we When the saints join in as one, and all the streams flow as one river, to wash away our broken days. And here we see that God's moving, a time of
2: would welcome me. I was lost, but he brought me into oh, his love. You say Jesus.
3: to our tithe and offering time. And uh, just ask God to touch our hearts right now. So if everyone could just uh, be still as we go ahead and, uh, and go to prayer. Gracious Lord, we just, uh, again, are thrilled to come into your presence once again and to recognize that, God, you, you know what's the, what, what our needs are. You know what um, goes on in our presence. And um, so, God, we're, here we are today just seeking who you, who you are in the midst of everything. And so as we're here, Lord, just um, send your Holy Spirit in a mighty way. Um, We've been so blessed. So at this time, God, we want to go ahead and we want to give back to you in, um, in just a, a portion of the many blessings that you've given to us. So, Father, from your anointing that was sent upon us, uh, we give back to you and um, ask that you use it to multiply your ministry here and around the world. For we love you, Father. You are awesome, and we just um, ask for your spirit to be upon these gifts. In Christ's name, amen.
4: one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you. I'm fully known and loved by you. How real, how wide, how rich, how high is your heart? I cannot find the reasons why you give me so Much, I'm fully known. Loved by you, you won't let go. No matter what I do, it's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known.
3: Loved by you All right. Um, did, uh, so because we're fully known, Shelley did a great job. We're going we want our children to become fully known to our Sunday school teachers. So uh, this time you like that segue? Okay. So and get let somebody else around you get know you a little bit more. Say hello to them as we greet each other in the light of love of Christ. For everyone else, I um, just want to uh, challenge you to continue to greet one another and get to know people. Sometimes you sit next to people and you never get a chance to really talk to them. So um, just wanted you to go ahead and do that. First of all, if you're visiting with us today, welcome. Uh, relax and have fun. We I've said this uh, several times. We just believe that God brought you here for a reason. And if it's just to relax today or with us to connect, uh, know that you have a, a family who loves you here and a God who loves you even more. Um, Paris Foundation is today. Uh, we good, Mike? Okay, so we're all great, great there. And You can see some of the other announcements that we have here. Today is the last day to place your order for the youth sub sale. We challenge you to do that. That's going to help them with um, with some uh, some fundraising things. Also, I know they're going to the YMCA for a pool party afterwards. Um, you can see the information about women's group um, that meets um, Tuesday evenings at six thirty at uh, Dana Webb's home. Grief share is ongoing, and uh, I know I know weather uh, <laughs> crazy weather right yeah, this week. Um, and so I think um, we might even get some more, they're saying, but it is winter and we live here. Uh, so, but um, Grief Share, please connect to Grief Share. We'd love to have you connect um, with, with Grief Share because um, we all go through that. Again, I just want to say once again, for right now, media, if you need some small group ministries or you're just looking for something just to connect on yourself, these are available at no cost to you. Our church underwrites that. And so we'd love for you to go ahead and have those areas as well. And uh you can please take a look at the uh, Wednesday evening's other uh, group is going to meet down um, at the Parkland Community Center in Cecilton. And they're going to be doing Forgotten God by Francis Chan. So the information's there. And we have other groups if you'd like to connect with them as well. On, um, on the 22nd of February, on February 22nd, you can see that we have um, a bingo. And um, that is for, uh, for the, uh, that goes to the mission trip. We are planning in um, early August once again to go visit our sister churches. Uh, what started as a mission became a family relationship and um, our sister churches in Haiti. So just be thinking about if that's something that God's placing on your heart. If you'd like to go to do our ...our yearly jump-in um, help-out. Also, pray a lot for our brothers and sisters in Haiti right now... ...as I've been in conversation with several of them... ...and it's just not good right now in Haiti. Um, and Many of them cannot even leave their homes, go to school, do anything. Some who live in cities are afraid to even go outside... For fear um, that they may get caught in some uh, some of the violence that's going on there because of political unrest, um, basically the uh, and just to let you know um, that's not the sales pitch to go, um, but that what I'm saying is um, is that we we forget how blessed we are with all of our problems that we live in a place where even though we don't like each other we don't have. The level of violence that, that many do, and, um, and I think a lot of time the other thing that we forget is we forget these are individual people that God loves, um, and there are and many of them are now our brothers and sisters in Christ, so be praying for them and pray for the peace of Christ to reside there in the political area, so that everything else can go, because when there 's extreme poverty and that 's all you have you don't, a lot of times you can't do it much, much else. So um, we want to continue to lift them up in prayers. However, they are encouragers and they are encouraging us and said, share with our brothers and sisters at Haven community that we love them and we're praying for them. So that tells you the type of individuals that you have as, as our uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in Haiti, all right? Um, so that's uh, several of our prayer requests that we have there. Um, uh, some, uh, we have some prayer requests here, excuse me. That was our announcements. Joanna Shea uh, is this for Joanne Edwards and family. Um, for uh, Richard Montgomery, who had a stroke, for Bruce England, who has heart surgery, Marge Turner um, has a niece in critical condition. Uh, pray for the Abrams family. Many of you know Curtis Abrams, his mother passed away uh, this week. Um, and uh, Joanna Shea's family, God knows uh, the need. And then there's an I love you, Jack. That's good. Okay. And then, then also, we another prayer request for our Haiti family if there is any other prayer requests and you forgot by all means uh, in the back you can put those in there or right now you can jump online and uh, uh, through our app or as well through our um, through the website and go ahead and leave a prayer request and it'll go and we'll make sure that gets out to everyone okay all right well let's continue further in our prayers we hear now hear from the word of god
0: scripture this morning is Song of Songs, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me.
3: All right, that's a happy little love song, right? Does that work for you? Okay, for um, if you're joining us for the first week, um, I'm doing something that I've never heard before in my uh, in my life, unless I went and looked for it. But in in church, I even, as I said, I asked several pastor friends of mine, if they've ever done it, about um, uh, a series on the Song of Solomon. I thought it was really good, um, or what we know as the Song of Songs. Uh, in, in the midst of that, we know that Solomon wrote... A 1,005 songs and he said this is his best one. This was his best one, his love song um, to, his belo- to the, the one he loves. Um, there are, there are uh, a couple different things here that we do. I want to let you know we are in, uh, last week we were kind of talking about you look good, right? You're looking at them and that, that attraction. And we had, if you missed it, I challenge you to go ahead and, and listen to it, kind of set the tone. But we're doing, we're just going through the chapters. And last week, it was talking about how we, we can, what we need to look for, but also the type of person we want to be that is attractive to the right type of person, right? Remember I said, whatever bait you use is what you're going to catch. You know what I mean? Everybody good? Okay. If you didn't, that's what I said. Okay. Um, so a- as we, as we look at that today, we're going to move on that now they're actually moving further into the dating uh, part of life. Now I'm going to give you three characters here again, who, who keep coming up in this scripture. One is the lover. That is the he, that is Solomon, or uh, he's the one who wrote this. So he's referred to that. There is the beloved your Bible may have she. They kind of broke it down for us, which helps a lot. He, she. Um, and she is a Shulamite maiden. Um, everybody knows about the Shulam, Shulamite maidens? No, we don't. Okay? And then there's her friends, who are the daughters of Jerusalem, who kind of pop in here. Now, keep in mind, this is a song. So, I, you know, in some interesting graphical areas of this song of songs... She like says, hey, daughters of Jerusalem, I don't think they're there in the room. You know what I mean? I don't think they're there, but it's, keep, keep in mind, this is, he's saying something deeper here about love, all right? Um, and there's a couple ways that this is looked about. One can be that you, uh, you take it as an allegorical part, many have, of God's love for Israel or Jesus' love for the church. And in others, they have taken it as, um, as just, as we're going through today, uh, this love of human love, this relationship love. So regardless of if you're in a relationship, you're married, you're not, you're, you want somebody to be in a relationship with, you don't ever want to be in a relationship again, um, those kind of things, whatever it is. Um, this is good because I think some of these principles, and I did stress some of these principles, we can apply into all relationships in life. Okay, so hang in there. Um, So uh, let's look at a a couple other things here. Here's our theme verse. Our theme verse for this series comes from Song of Songs, uh, or Song of Solomon, chapter one. And this is the one that Wes read for us last week. And it was this. It says, let him kiss me with the kisses of my mouth. Some of you said, I ain't never read the Bible, but I'm gonna take it out tonight. There we go. For your love is more delightful than wine. Okay, your love is more delightful than wine, um, and, and so uh, he starts with there, it's a human love thing, it says, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfume, you walk in the room, and you go, I ah, smell him, mm, he's amazing, okay, so you sound, smell, I just love him, he's just, he just feels like a beautiful aroma in the room when I see him, okay, and I can see you guys are like, who is this person they're with, okay, your name is like perfume poured out, and then I love this verse, she says, no wonder the maidens love you, but y'all mine, you're my honey, and none of them get you, okay? So this is, about, this is about love, and the goal of this is to describe godly love in, in a human way, uh, the, hum, the way God sees human love. So we're going to unpack it. There's a couple of rule, um, a couple of things here I want to go ahead. Last week, like I said, we talked about the qualities of attraction. Um, next week is the PG-13 uh, series. It is the honeymoon night okay? And uh, there are some areas that are graphic, but we're going to be true to the text um, of the Bible, um, but we're, we're not going to get, like, you know, NC-17, all right? Is that good? Is that the ratings? You guys look stunned. Are you okay? <laughs> somebody check the pulse of somebody next to you, okay? Um, but, uh, so I think it's really good for, for people. 13, why do you say that, Jack? Because the, people in, much younger than that are getting it in the world, so I'm just sharing it from what God thinks here, all right? So today we're going to, um, uh, excuse me, in two more weeks, they, after, they, after they make love and they say all night long, you know, Lionel Richie had nothing on the Song of Solomon, but then they say um, the, the next week after they have that great love uh, chapter, they get in their first fight, Okay. So we're gonna talk about that um and the conflict and how you how you deal with that. That fine line between love and battling, I guess. So um and that series that week is called Hitting Below the Belt. Next week's series I think is called um it, it's right up there and Melinda. It's um uh is this really what the sermon is about? That's what the title of next week's sermon is, okay? Um and then in th- three weeks we're gonna talk about how you work through that there it is right there. Um in three weeks the last series is going to wrap up the chapter and we're going to say, how do we make this love last? How do we get love to be lasting more than just this temporal thing? How can we put it in action for the rest of our lives? Okay, so we're, we're kind of going through a, a full love story here. But today we're going to talk about the dating relationship. And um, I don't want you to check out, like I said, there is something for everyone. You'll see that in here. Um, if you're pursuing or you're being pursued or you, you don't care, either way, just hang in there. Um, but this is probably one of the tougher ones because, um, because it's very sensitive because we all have, have been in a place. There's uh, a lot of... I, I will say, I do... Well, As we look at the culture around us, there is a lot of focus on the physical. And as we learned last week, that was the last thing they were attracted to, right? It it was part of it, but one of the final things that they were attracted to, there was a lot of other things that went on there. So again, before we start, I want to give you some ground rules. Everybody like ground rules? Everybody say ground rules. You are awake. Okay, look. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen for yourself and not your significant other okay, or anyone else, so as you're hearing this, you're like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, pay attention, you better write that down, and we'll talk about that when we get home, I don't want you doing that, I want you, even though it might fit eat perfectly, I want you to turn it back around yourself, let's look at ourselves in the mirror here, I don't want you also to focus on the past, everybody has a past, right, everybody want to share their past right up here on the screen, uh-uh, not me, no, thank you, right, um, it might, your past may have been last night, who knows, but we all have it, We all we all experience it, and so I'm glad that we serve a God that is a God of second chances and makes all things new. Right? Anybody else with me? Okay, just checking. Um, So we have that, and the last thing is we're going to be true to the text. We're going to let the text speak for itself. I'm not going to change it uh, to make us feel comfortable. I'm not going to change God's word because there's some things in the back of the book that say if you do that you're in deep trouble. So I ain't doing that. All right. I'd rather upset you than God, okay? So here we go. Um, but there is a lot of thing, uh, you know, it's been a long while since I dated, okay? Um, and, and thankfully. Uh, so, but I'm just thinking about that. And for, for those of you in those dating areas, hey, God bless you. It's an it's a interesting world now from when I've talked to people who are in those dating things. But I started thinking about when I was, I was like young in middle school, all right? And And in high, you know, those early high school days, and I remember some things that was, that was really kind of interesting, and I remember, like, just the need to have that boyfriend or girlfriend, anybody remember that, how many went to Northeast Middle School, how many got caught making out behind the steps, oh, you didn't raise your hands, did you, I know you were back there, I saw y'all, all All right, so, nobody wants to say, but I was like, hey, the big thing was to go behind the steps, so you could kiss, before the principals came around, and said, come on, let's move, okay, they still do that, Bobby, Okay, so you got cameras. So you can get a show. There we go. Didn't have cameras back then. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so. um, (laughs) But one of the things is, and and we're all thankful for that, those of us around 40. All right. So, but one of the things I started thinking about was just some of the things that went on during the time. And I remember how cool it was to go, whether it was a church-sponsored event or something, to the roller rink. Anybody with me? Let's hear that roller rink. How many were Maryland people? How many had Christiana roller rink? How many can skate backwards? I hate you all. I could never do that. So you remember that? And skating was cool, man. You were like this, and they'd have music, and it'd be like lights and disco ball, and you were cool, weren't you? You were cool. You might have had some, like, you know, parachute pants like Michael Jackson-esque, right? zip anybody with me here, all right? So here we are. You're cool. You may have bandanas wrapped around all kinds of stuff, and you didn't know what that was. But anyway, so combs in the back of the pocket. We're taking it back. Bell bottoms. You're a little bit older than me. Um, all that kind of stuff. But So you, this was cool, the roller rink. And I remember, it was really, really cool if you took a bus somewhere. And maybe at one point in that roller rink area, that, that guy would come over the speaker and go, couple skate." Anybody remember that? Couple skate. And when they said couple skate, you were like,
1: ooh, I gotta find me a honey,
3: <laughs> right? I gotta find me somebody. I gotta find me some- Maybe somebody will find me. Somebody found you, man. You were like, ooh, yeah. She picked me, uh-huh. Couple skate. And it gave you that chance to put those hands together and you said, do not fall, (laughs) right, (laughs) do not fall, (laughs) do not fall, keep on going, going, and you wanted that song to last forever, you were, you were hoping it was like, in a God or something like that, you know, or, um, (laughs) or the day the music died, right, you know, something like that, let's make it go, we're going to make it go, and then when it's over, like, if you came on a, on a bus together as a group, the hope was this, there was that big challenge on the bus, that if you sat next to her, were you going to Make the move to hold her hand, right? Remember that? You're like thinking about it. You're getting on the bus. You're like, mm, how am I gonna do this? Because you because you know your boys are gonna be like, did you hold her hand? And you're like, no. And they'll be like, ah, wimp. You know that kind of thing. And there was like this whole kind of thing that was there. And you were nervous. And I don't know what you ladies thought. You remember, like, I ain't holding his hand. I don't know. I have a clue because I'm not a lady. Um, but you know, I know for the guys, we were like, mm, ah, you know, trying these kind of things. And like, here, let me see your hand. Let me count your palm. Mm, you know that kind of thing. Whatever it took. Am I right, man? And it was like torturous for those moments. But when it was, and God forbid if you got like the hand wrong, like Nanu Nanu or something, you know, it was done. But there was so much that was there. And I started to realize how awkward those things were. And in many times, I started thinking about this because this is the only verse in this series that I'm going to use that is not from Song of Solomon, but it's written by Solomon. So it, it fits in. And he says this it's from Ecclesiastes. And it says, There's a time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. Now, this may be painful here because some of you may be like, where's that season? I've been waiting for that season for Mr. and Mrs. Wright or whatever. But, um, but there is a time for everything. And for instance, like you guys, you may be that person who's been single for a long time, and you may want that relationship, and you hate to go to family gatherings. You despise weddings when you sit next to Aunt Bessie, and she leans over and goes, you're next. You're next. Yeah, you're going to be next. Oh, go up there and catch the 50,000th bouquet at a wedding, because you're next, I swear. Anybody with me here? So I'm going to tell you what, here's what you do in order to stop, get them stopping. Anybody want to know? Here's what you do. When you go to a funeral, you lean over to them and say, you're next. You know, so, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not good. That's funny, but it's not good, okay? Uh, so, it'll stop them. It'll stop them. So, oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. So, here we go. Um so anyway, but some of you know understand that. You understand that in this season, you're wondering, is there a season for you or if there's not? Um, and Ecclesiastes reminds us that there is a season for every activity under heaven. And you see, like, one of the things about relationships is relationships are the only area where, like, we don't really think a ton about the pre-work that we have to do to make the end successful. I think we just kind of figure it out often the way we go along. And we figure that out often by our feelings, right? Often by how we feel, we just kind of make decisions and we do things based on our feelings. And so I want to share with you some seasons right now, okay? I want to share with you some seasons. Because if there's a season for everything and every activity under heaven, then there's got to be seasons of relationship. And we see that displayed in the Song of Songs. So the first season I want to share with you is this. First season is this. It's the season of infatuation or the season of perfection. The season of infatuation and perfection. And you're like, Jack, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you right now. Um, let's go to uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, which Debbie read for us. And it said this. Here, she is speaking. Okay, she's speaking here. And she says, listen. Look. Here here he comes, leaping on the mountains, leaping on the mountains and bounding over the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. And Melissa's called me a, her young stag for years, but, you know, you get there. What is she saying here? She has this opinion of him, that there is nothing better than anything. She sees him, and he's great. He's like super. Great. He's leaping over the mountains. He's leaping. He's leaping and leaping, and he's in love. And part of it is he's in love. He may be going, I love her, 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 I love her. Right? He may be doing that on his, on his way, and she goes, I hear him. I hear him. Remember in those early stages of dating, oh, he's calling me. Oh, I see him. Oh, he sent me a text. Oh, I'm so excited. Right? Remember those? Remember those stages? Look at what it says here. Let's continue. She says, "Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through our windows and peering through our lattice." Now, let me tell you, he's not a peeping tom. Okay, that's <laughs> not what she's saying here. He's like, mm-hmm, you yeah, know, no, he left and then quieted the, down. No. What she's saying is she's so in love that she keeps, like, looking for him outside. Keeps looking for him. And then when he gets there, he's kind of nervous and excited. and He's kind of like, oh, should I go up? Is everything, everything looking good? Oh, oh, there you go. A little bit closer. Oh, they're so excited. They just think, oh, my gosh, look how perfect he is. He's Superman. He's so awesome. Then she says, then look, then he speaks, and he says, my lover spoke to me. She says, my lover spoke to me and says, and listen, he comes, he knocks on the door. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me to Olive Garden. I, I don't know wherever he's going, right? That's, that's what's going on here, right? He is now, he has been bounding or over the hills. He's so in love and sees her and he's so in love and then knock on the door and, and he yeah, arise, come with me. Let's go to Wherever. Okay, this is like, uh, um, anybody, anybody try that? Okay, if you're dating, go ahead and try it. and see where it goes, all right? Um, so here we are, and what season are we in? We are in the season of infatuation and perfection, where you think that they can do nothing wrong, that this is the perfect individual. Now, without nudging the person next to you, you know what I'm saying here, right? We ha- there's a saying that love is blind. blind. It's sometimes deaf, dumb, and stupid as well. Think about that this person is so perfect, there's nothing that they can do wrong. Like, for instance, let's hear married people. You know, you you thought that about your husband, and the fact is, you think you might have thought he was perfect, and he's not, right? And then men, you may have thought she was perfect, and you're like, no way I'm going there, buddy. No way, you're not tricking me, Jack. No way. But, But there's this thing, we put people when we first see them, that's the perfect person I've always been looking for. And you find out, no, they're not. And if you live with them for a while, you find out they leave their stuff on the floor. They leave things open. I remember one time when Melissa and I were first married, I came home and she had post-it notes on every cabinet and drawer that I left open. And they said, shut me, close me, close me, shut me, shut me, close me. And she used almost a whole pack. I didn't realize I did it, you know? And so those things that were cute, oh, he was here, he left the door open. He left the drawer open. Now it's like, would you please put the drawer shut? She realized I'm not perfect. I'll let that settle with you for a bit, you know? I thought, I just wanted to spend so much time with Melissa when we were first together that I even let her cut my hair. Melissa can't cut hair to let you know. But I didn't care because she was running her fingers through my hair, you know, All right? You see, there's experts who have actually studied this season. There are experts that say that this season of infatuation or perfection can last from anything to one day to 6 months. And in special cases, it may go up to 2 years. Okay? You may be living and saying, "Oh, it just doesn't get any better than this." But when it's bad and it starts to fall apart, you go you go, "Uh-oh." You see, before things can get better in relationships, they have to get real. You know what I mean? They have to get real. What you feel in emotion is not reality. Your feelings will mess with your mind and everything else. It's not the depth of that sacrificial love that we all need, where we get longevity. I believe that longevity and suffering and those difficult times in life improve and strengthen love more than anything you could ever have. If you're willing to actually do what Christ said and lay down your life for each other in each and every day to say that their needs are so important and and in every kind of way, that's where we begin to strengthen love. But like in every season, every season has its, um, can have some limits as well. And so uh, you say, okay, Jack, well, how do I stop from getting to the point where they are totally perfect? To the point of saying, okay, how do I have some limits so that I can wait and I can say, okay, now I see that they're not so perfect it's real and we can work with it. And I don't make the mistakes when, they, when I thought they were perfect that are gonna affect our relationship later. Well, there's a couple things that I wanna share here. Three, three limits, what to do in the season when you're blind. Okay, so here's the first one. You, you put a limit on, on time, and especially time alone. Um, you know, like our feelings often cause us to be in situations that we're not. I have spoke to many people over the years that because their feelings told them one thing, that something, something else happened and a situation happened and it affected them for the rest of their lives. Don't spend all your time with that person either. If this thing works out, you're going to have more than enough time alone with them in your life, more than you're ever going to want, okay? So what I'm saying is don't spend all your time there with that person because you need to go ahead and what you need to do, the best thing is to incorporate them into your life and you incorporate the, and you get incorporated into their lives as well. Um, everybody has that friend who, when they start dating somebody, they disappear. Everybody with me? Completely disappear off the face of the earth, and then they start coming back, you know, you go, oh, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. And They're like, yeah, you're right. You know, everybody's had that friend. You may be that friend. Listen, listen a little bit longer here, all right? So, um, you know, like, go ahead and, and spend time. I know of a pastor who actually shared that for his children, um, he has a role to help them through the stage. So any first dates, they have to call him first so for instance for his daughters the uh sorry if i'm ruining this for you girls um but uh they had to call the, the father and he said they're so nervous when they're calling they say hey he said what's your plan for your first date well i thought we'd go to the movies we'd go here and he goes no your first date is you're gonna be at my house like excuse me sir why would i do that And he's like well because if this thing works out i'm gonna have to spend the next 50 or 60 thanksgivings with you so i want you at my house to see if i like you in the first place okay so he said he said there's nothing that you can't he said, there's one thing you can do, but you shouldn't be doing at that point anyway. He said that I want you to just get to know the family. I want to get to know you. I want to, I'm, I'm entrusting you with one of the best things I ever had, my daughter. So I want to know who you are. Okay? So he started in that area as well. So there are. So here we are. That's the first one. The next thing is talk. Our words are powerful. You know that whole thing, sticks and stones? It's, it's wrong. Okay? Words are extremely powerful. We've got to learn not to say those things. Like, I'm going give, to give you some, some, uh, some things. Like, if you're on the first date and the appetizer comes and the person looks across at you and goes, I love these mozzarella sticks. You are the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Run, okay? <laughs> just to let you know. Don't say that at that point. You don't know that. It may just be like, you really like mozzarella sticks, you know what I mean? They're really good. So don't say that at that point. Don't go into the third date and say, I love you. You know why? Because you don't know. Right? You don't know. Your feelings may say, yes, and I'm going to tell you something. Your feelings are good and real. They're God-given. Okay? God gave you those feelings and emotions. But there is a season for those. Everybody follow along with me. If the person didn't say anything, pinch them. Okay? It's just, I want to make sure they're there. Okay, so here's what we're saying. So we need to go ahead and we need to recognize that we need to say the right things. I want to share something with you. Studies have been done. By nature, men are givers. So they say things. All right. Women are receivers. So when you, so I'm going to say to you, men who are dating, don't tell someone you love them unless you are in in, particularly if you're not in a place to back it up and carry it through because you will crush someone. All right. And And that goes the other way, too. Don't say that if you're not ready to back it up. One day you may say it and you may say it a lot. And that will be awesome. But make sure there's a season for it. And the last thing is touch. Um. You can't get a genie back in a bottle, right? Anybody heard that statement? Can't cram the genie back in the bottle. So, like, think about it. I know, I know, if I go back to the dating, dating stage years ago, my, Melissa, when we went out, she would work on, like, you know, she's beautiful anyway, but she would go ahead and get her hair fixed. She'd come down with smelling good, all that kind of stuff. We right, men? They smell a lot, lot better than we do, am I right? Yeah, and you just go, mm, looking good to me." You put all that together. You want to, you know, right? You feeling you just want to leap. You want to not leap over the hills, but you want to leap on her, right? So that's what you're that's what you're thinking about. And so, so but here's the thing. Um sorry. Okay. Um but here's what here's just what I want to say about this, okay? What I want to say about this is and again, keep in our in our mind. I can tell you over years of counseling, probably the most powerful transitional issue is this. Touch is one of the most powerful things that can be either enriching or completely destructive. And I've seen it time and time again in counseling sessions of people who have received it, thought they were receiving it in love, thought they were giving and receiving love, and it destroyed them. And I've also seen people who've been so enriched by, by, um, by positive touch. And we know from that in our world. And so what, what I say is, if you want a relationship like everybody else has, this goes for everything in life. Do what everybody else does. If you want something different, do what God says, okay? And, and do something a little bit different in this area, all right? So um, so let me see here. Um, what else do we have? So we have that season. So we have this season. Uh, this next season is the season of preparation, the season of preparation. Let's look at what it says here. Here's what we say. Now, speaking here, it says, see, the winter is past And the rains are over and gone. Don't you wish we were saying that now? Winter has passed. Um, But we aren't saying that. Uh, The rains are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. And the season of singing has come. The cooing of the doves is heard in our land. What season of the end now? Spring. There we go. Spring. Okay. Now let's go back to winter. Winter is an interesting time. Because winter, you look out, and everything's gray and dead and cold and... Like, the snow looks pretty when it comes down, and then when it lays around for a while, everything's muddy and disgusting, am I right? And so you're just like, enough of this. And so you have this, and it looks like nothing's alive, am I right? But here's an interesting thing about winter. We don't see green. We like spring. You know, it's funny, like, when we get that first, like, 78-degree day, and the birds are back chirping, and the buds are on the trees, and you have that, that kind of warm kind of breeze, you're like, what do you do? What do you do? You walk outside, right? You don't, you're not staying inside. You're like, or that day where you first throw the windows open and it blows the curtains to the house. It's like something like that's amazing, isn't it? And that's where they are now. And many of us in relationships want to go directly to spring. Okay. But there is winter. And what does winter do? You see, we can't have spring if it's not for winter. And what winter does is winter is a season of preparation. In spring, it grows green, but in the winter, the roots are growing deep so that they can sustain the growth that comes. So let's look here. Um, so we don't spend time outside in the winter too much unless it's shoveling or doing something. So here's, here's one of the things. Uh, anybody ever bought fertilizer? Okay, fertilizer is interesting. Fertilizer usually has three numbers on it. And one of those is nitrogen, and nitrogen is to make things green. And so if you want your lawn to be green in that time of growth, you, you put that stuff on and boom, it'll be green. Okay? The second number is phosphorus. And phosphorus is made for roots to grow deep. They want them to grow deeper and stronger. And potassium kind of fills everything else in. So when you buy a winterizing uh, fertilizer, sometimes the first number about green is not even there. It might be a zero. But the second number is the highest because in the winter, you need it to go deep so that you can have the green growth. In there. And that's exactly what we need if we want to have a spring relationship. Some of us may have never had a spring relationship that we want. It's because we keep trying to jump to spring without spending time in the winter. And we need our roots to grow deep and begin that formation to get ready so that we have that. So how do we do that, Jack? How do we get ready for spring? How do we get ready for spring? Well, let's look at what they said, what she says here. Um, song, songs. Actually, he does here. And it says... My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding place on the mountainside. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. So what's he been doing? Has he been hiding out because he's afraid she's going to find him? No. What he's been doing is he's been spending time to go ahead and work on his face. Now, that doesn't mean he has acne really badly. It doesn't mean that he has blemishes. It doesn't mean that something happened. When anytime you see face or voice, it refers to his character. He's spending time working on his character. Remember last week, she said, your name is just so awesome. And he says, he says you know, my reputation is good, but he wanted to be the type of person that was ready for this, his beloved. He wanted to be the best person he could be. And he wanted to be worthy of her to be her husband. And we do this all the time in several other things. We, you know, a lot of us may want to go ahead and be a, a surgeon, but there's a lot of preparation time that we need to have that. There before we get there, and we don't just make the excuse. No, I should be there. I've been to doctors for years. We know that there's skills that we need to learn and things that we need to do. We need to. We don't do that in our job. We don't just show up in one day at the loading dock and say, "I'm here to be the new CEO." You know, you sometimes you have to put in a lot of work and effort to get to those places in life. And so the same. Why do we do think that about so many other things, but we don't think that about relationships? And in our relationships, we need to spend time and go through these. These uh, areas and adjustments in order that our roots grow deep in the season of preparation. So how do we prepare? A lot of times we say, I'm going to go find me a spouse. I'm, I'm going to tell you a true story. I was in seminary. And my first, my first semester, I was sitting there. And, this, um, and they were asking, uh, tell us a little bit about your call to ministry. Tell us about why you're here. And they went around the room. And this one lady said, I'm here because my pastor told me this would be a great place to find a husband. I said, oh, Lord, help us. Right? Right? Um, I would think it would be the opposite. <laughs> um, just ask my wife. You know, um, but you know they, that's what she was there for. So we want to find a spouse. But I, I'm going to go back to something I mentioned briefly last week, and it was simply this: we don't need to find the right person. We need to become the right person. For when we become the right person, we don't need a soulmate. We need to uh, um, to grow our spirit within us in accordance, and then God will have the right person. For us, we will become the right person to find the right person. I've, made, I've heard some people that just have some incredible stories. Like there's individuals who I know who, who went ahead and they put down, when they were really young, they put down on paper exactly who they wanted as their husband or their wife. They wrote it down and said, this is what I want. This is what I believe God wants, God wants me to have. And they would not waver one bit. And their family and everybody else said, you're crazy. You're not going to find that. There's no way you're going to find that. And don't you know, I can t- tell you of two or three cases where people did that and, and, uh, and kept consistent. And they found somebody who I would say that it looked like they just wrote that person on a piece of paper years ago. Because they trusted God in this thing. And in that time, they weren't just sitting around waiting, looking out the window. They were becoming the person that was going to be right for that right person uh, to be. In Judaism... There's a time of preparation in historic Judaism when it's time for the marriage. If you go to the groom and you say, when am I going to get married? He said, you got to ask daddy. Because what happened is they had a thing called a hopah. Anybody heard of that? And a hopah was you had to build your house. So in order to get married, the father of the groom had to say this, had to say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to build a house. I'm going to supervise it and make sure it's strong enough so that when you move that girl into that house, it's going to be good and solid for her and for your family to go from there. And you're not getting married one second before I check out and see if it's strong enough. Now, today, still in Jewish ceremonies, you'll see like a little four peg post with a canopy over top, and that is symbolic of the nature that the father said, yeah, they're ready for this. It it also continued on in other areas to bridesmaids and bridesgrooms. You know, we have them there just for pictures, like that, you know, or, you know, maybe like this now, Um, but we, that's, that's why we have them. Historically, they had bridesmaids and groomsmen to protect them, and they, the groomsmen actually carried swords to say, no, we're gonna make sure he makes it to the altar safe, and we're going to keep everybody away. All right. So, anybody want to have some swords with you? You know, maybe that's, that's something that you could have have done. We often and so that's the second one, uh, first one, become the right person. Second one, walk in love. Walk in love. We often talk about. You say, what is walking love? So many people say. I fell in love, like you're walking along and you fall into a ditch and like love, you know, like you're in there and love boat starts to play. I don't know. So it's, love is a choice. You may have heard that before. Our emotions will have us falling all different places. But when we take it away from the feeling and make it the choice and the commitment, then we begin to walk in love. And what's the best way to walk in love? By serving people. I can tell you some of the people that I cared least about in my life early on, when I began to serve them, I began to care and love them more than I ever could, and it did something in me as well. The problem is today, as we, we live with Jerry Maguire as the you complete me kind of thing, and here's the problem. The problem is simply this. If someone completes you and they let you down, you are now incomplete. <laughs> did you think about that? Okay, so um, when that happens, you're left incomplete, you're left wanting, you're left needing. I think so many times we put our feelings and put our hopes and dreams in a person, and when that fails, we fall apart, we do some of the dumbest things, we get in trouble, we do all kinds of dumb stuff because that person completed us, and when they left and that relationship didn't work out, we don't know what to do. So here's what we need to do. We don't need to put in a person, but we need to put our hopes and our dreams on God not an individual, because he will never leave you and never forsake you. And you can be secure in your relationship with him, so that regardless of what the human relationships do, you're going to be secure. You know, anything that we idolize, one day we will despise. I've seen it time and time again. Anything but God will let you down. So, everybody good? Okay, I got a couple quick things to go. You ready? Professor your Belt, because I'm giving you some things in this preparation season, but now I'm gonna give you things. This is for everybody. Everybody, if you didn't find anything yet, this is for everybody. These are things that can be done in all seasons. In all seasons. Number one, pursue intimacy. Pursue intimacy. Not romance. Some think intimacy is romance. Um, it's not flowers and chocolates. Intimacy is transparency, no secrets, being vulnerable. Being vulnerable. It's letting your walls down. Last week, remember when she said, you know, I've been outside and my skin's cracked and messed up and, and rough and, and, I, and I don't look too pretty? She was sharing with him her vulnerability and her flaws. And remember, by the end of that, she was saying, oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Rosa Sharon. Because of he, he encouraged her and loved her and said, I don't care what you see. I see something much better. You see, romance is a byproduct of intimacy. And romance comes and goes, but intimacy lasts so long. When you let down and begin to share. Look at what she said. Again, she says, my, my dove is in the class." We read this already. But that, what they're doing is they're developing intimacy here. He's like, come out. Come on, let me see you. I want to see you. Go ahead. I want to talk to you. You know, I, how, how, come, how come, have you recognized this that early in the dating stage you talked a lot more? Like, do you remember, like, being on the phone? Like, I'm talking about the one that's attached to the wall with, like, the 30-foot cord. I'm telling you how old you are. If you're doing and you'd be walking, and you'd be laying on your bed. You'd be twirling the cord in your hand. You're talking. And you're talking about absolutely nothing, right? Okay? But then as life goes on, you get married, life happens, and you're like, mm, yeah, hi, how are you? Who are you? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, and often that happens. And I will tell you, here's one of the problems. Guys, we like headlines. What are the facts? Boom, boom, boom. Headline, we got it. And often, ladies, you want you want you want the rest of the story. You want details. You want everything around it, right? Men are afraid to even move or breathe right now, aren't you? But it's true. It's just how we are. It's how we are. I know at times that I deal with a lot of things in my life and in my jobs, and I deal with a lot of things in life. And I and I'm a I'm I'm also a, a a uh, little ADHD or maybe a lot, depending on what your, your spectrum, and I'm all over the place at times. So sometimes, that's good when I got to highly function, but it's bad that when, sometimes when I'm sitting at home, that's still moving, and, my, and I'm present, but I'm not. You, you, anybody with me here? That you're sitting there, and everybody around you is there, but you're not there. It's not fair to them. Sometimes you just need to go and say, like, you know, sometimes I would just be mad at the world. Because of what's going on. It's in my head. It's nothing anybody's done. And I've had to develop. We had to develop a communication. Say that I get up. So you know those days you just wake up. And the world is your enemy. And you're taking it on. I've gotten up. And I just say. I have to say. Hey it's nothing any of you guys have done. I'm just in. in, I'm in my head today. and I just had to share that. And they're like okay. Stay away from me. Okay. Those kind of things. But if you want to go to an even, even deeper level. Talk about your fears. Talk about your areas of vulnerability. Talk about your temptations, the temptations you have. Share them and see what happens. And you'll go to a deeper, deeper level. Last thing I want to share here is is this right here. Protect your purity and potential. What do you mean by here? Look at what they say here. He's talking here. And I think it's interesting that he's talking because he's initiating this. And he says in Song of Solomon 2.15, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards are vineyards that are in bloom. Now, if you remember from last week when she talked about she worked in the vineyards, but she neglected her own vineyard, what was she talking about? Her body, right? That's what she was talking about. So what is he, what is he sharing here? He's saying that, hey, this relationship is progressing And what would happen back then is if you had a vineyard, and some of you may understand this, vineyards or other things, that you have blooms that come on, and occasionally the foxes think they're good to eat. So they come and eat them, and if they eat them and pull them off before it's the right season, you never have the grape grow to the place that it should have been in the first place or the the fruition area that was there. In this case, what he's saying here is, he's saying, we're getting to a place that is getting close, but we got some foxes here that are going to, going to make this not what it should be in our life. So he said, what do we need to do? Let's catch those little foxes. Let's put them here. And something I just want to share with people is simply this. Um, the foxes don't care about the end goal of the relationship. The foxes care about the moment. And the foxes care about getting that right then and taking it what they need. So one of the things I want to give you a challenge for everybody is to find your foxes. For some of you, it may not be of a sexual nature. For some of you, it may be, um, it may be an emotional nature. It may be a feeling nature. For some of you, it may be an addiction. It may be something that is keeping your vineyard from being what the temple that God intended it to be, what, what God wanted it to be. You're not, maybe you're not feeling this purity. Maybe you're saying, Jack, you don't know my life. And I'm going to say, here's what I'm going to tell you. Welcome to the club, all right. I think all of us, as I read the scripture, all of us has done something that God didn't intend. But that doesn't mean that because we're there, that we keep letting the foxes take the rest of the vineyard for themselves. So how do we how do we protect ourselves from this? A couple things, and I'm going to go really quickly here. Everybody ready? We put parameters around my passions. I'm a passionate person in life. And I have some passions that are outside of the will of God. Remember I said I'm in my head a lot? There are some passions that are outside of the will of God. And the fire may burn, but you got to keep it in the fireplace. Because you can't just start a fire anywhere. I can't say, my gosh, it's cold, and I go and start the fire in my living room. Sometimes that's what happens. Uh, The fire is only as beneficial as the containment it's in. So, for instance, and there was uh, the other year, there was a well, actually, it was just a couple months ago, a fire called Camp Fire. You remember that out in California? Anybody heard about that? It was during uh, November of last year. It had 86 civilian deaths, 12 civilian injuries, five firefighter injuries, three people are, are missing. It burned 153,336 acres from one fire. And the investigation is tracked it down to the one thing that they can believe is that a company that was on probation for, for not making sure that everything was safe and secure had reported that they saw some sparks early in that day. What I just want to share to you is this, that when, when that power company has it contained in the right areas in the right containment unit, they put per- parameters around that, that fire, it is beneficial. But when they let it go, it's destructive, so the next thing you knew, you need family as a safeguard. Family as anyone close to you. Somebody who, this is a dying art in Christianity, um, where we have uh, accountability. Where We have accountability. People who aren't shocked, people who will confront you when your life's headed down a place. You need accountable friends, because we are all just one step away from stupid. All of us, including me. And the last thing, which I think is the greatest thing here, is simply this. Let Jesus make all things new. Let Jesus make all things do. So how does this expand? Where does it go from here? Look at what she says. They have grown in this relationship, and she says, My beloved is mine, and I am his. He browses among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, like a gazelle or like a young stag on the hill. She really likes that connection there, all right? What's she saying here? The lilies are lips, and she's saying, I want him to kiss me all night long. Honey, you're looking good, and we're getting close to that season, and I can't wait. I can't wait. But then what does he say here? It ends just like we did last week in chapter 3. They say here, daughters of Zion, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until so it desires. This is repeated four times in there. They're like, I got the feelings. I got the feelings. But I know that I want to do it in the right times so everything. Is perfect. So why do we talk about this? Why do spend time talking about this? I've had some other creative sermons and I've had some other kind of, kind of messages that we can just go out and apply and some of you say, I'm not looking for relationships, I'm not in a relationship, what's this mean? So for the, uh, f- so those who have a love re- relationship, I, would re- I spend a lot of time talking with people on the back end of relationships in my life. On the back end where things have broken down, Relationships are asunder. I wish that somebody in my life had done the series, spent time on this, back when I was young. I wish somebody would have gone ahead and said, uh, "I said to some of these people that are in some of the most horrific situations of marriages and relationships that somebody helped them early. So I'd rather help early than later. I'll do both, but I'd rather help early." to give, remember, a good foundation. Remember, we were talking about that as the word of God as our foundation. That's all we're doing. We're taking the word of God foundation from our last series and making it the foundation for our relationships. You know, the divorce rate that they, you hear people say that it's 50 percent. It's not. That's, that's, a, that's a, a, a misconstrued thing. They take the marriage license and the divorce filings, and they match them up every year. And so that's that's about 50. It doesn't count the ones who've been married for a while. So that's That's in there. Really, if you take that into account, the divorce rate is about one in three, so it's about thirty-three percent. But that's still too high. Right? It's still too high, because I think many people got into these, tried to get into a season that they weren't ready for, and so thirty-three percent. You know, like one out of three. You say, well, that's better than fifty percent. But let me share this with you. We wouldn't take those odds. Like if I went to the airport and said, "Hey, one of three people who got on this plane die." You're not going to say, let's go, give me the peanuts. You know, we're not going to do that. Or if you sat down at a restaurant today after church and you said, hey, guess what? That you order a meal and they say, well, one out of three people who ate this die. You say, bring it on. I'm feeling lucky today. No, we wouldn't do that, would we? So, because we don't like those odds, so we need to stop just looking at it as that's what happens and start embracing. What can we do before we get there? You see, I, I pray every day for my children's spouse. Because I don't want them to ever have to go through some of the struggles that many people have. I'm blessed to have an incredible spouse that's, that's been there and put up with my mess. And continues to do so. And, 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 sh- and it's, it's awesome to have that. Do you know what, that several years ago, the University of Texas in San Antonio did a study. A secular group did a study and wanted to decide how it was to, have, to make marriages successful. To get it from that one in three, they actually got it. Uh, the number is here, to one out of every 1,156. And the commonality that they found in that was simply this. That if you want to go ahead and have a more successful marriage, to pray together, to study Bible and discuss it together, and to attend church together. A secular institution discovered that. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't happen in the church. It does. But it's a little bit better. When we seek God. That's all I want to do in this series. All I want to do is just help those of you who may be struggling in a relationship right now. And you're holding on. You don't have to hold on. It can be better. Because God's way is better. For those of you who are thinking about getting in these seasons. Or you're out of this relationship and you messed up. And you're getting ready for another one. Maybe say what I've been doing isn't working. Maybe I just start this way. With God. And see if it works a little bit better. Alright. We good? All right, everybody, stand up. Let's go ahead. We're gonna—they're gonna lead us in a song, and you can—you um, can come up and pray. You can pray where you are. Um, let's just pray right now. God, I just thank you for everyone here today, and the sound of my voice. That when we talk about relationships, in so many ways, it touches some very uh, interesting points in our lives because some of them have failed, and some of them have a- expanded. And so, uh, God, we just want to want to do what you call us to do. We know that you love us, and you love us so much that you gave your son, and you gave an example that uh, we can t- go ahead and use the allegory that. He is ours, and we are His. In this case, that you have a greater love for us than we can ever imagine. But ultimately, God, I pray for all relationships that are in the sound of my voice. That we can all kick it up a notch, and we can do it a little bit better. So I give you praise for who you are. And God, whatever need is here today, go ahead and, and meet that need and connect to people. in Jesus mighty name.
0: God, you're so good, amen. I know some of us today are just, you know, our lives may be a wreck, or, you know, we just, we don't know if God's good or not, we just, we just know that our lives are are just so underwhelmed, or overwhelmed, and we're just under so much stress and anxiety that we just, we don't know if God is real sometimes, we just, we go through and not do the motions, we come to church, we put a happy face on, and we're not really happy, we're just going through the motions of life, but God is good, God loves you, you are his children, we forget that so easily, don't we? I was kind of thinking about the song I was sitting there today I was thinking God is good I think the songs God You're so good God You're so good God You're so good You're so good To me Sing it out God So good, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Oh, I heard a thousand stories of what. Think you're like, but I heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleasing, that I'm never alone. You're so good. You're a good, good father. to you are? who I am. a peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still and to love love you're a good good father
3: everyone. That's uh, week two, right? So next week, um, next week, we're going to have that one. All right. Is this really what the sermon today? Okay. We'll have that one. And then we're going to move on uh, to um, their first fight. And then we're going to move on to how to make it last. And then just to let you know, the next ser- uh, series we'll be leading us, will be the, uh, after that, will be about, um, we'll be talking about the last words from Christ to help us get through those rough days in life. Because um, in case you don't know, he had a really bad day. On uh, good, we call it Good Friday, but it wasn't good for him. And it's going to teach us about how we get through that stuff again. And then we'll be up to Easter, believe that or not. April will be here, and maybe snow will be gone. But um, and we can say winter's gone. See my lover leaping on the hills. All right. So um, <laughs> so you guys say hello to someone as you leap out the hills and get out of here. Have a great week.